0: All right, can you hear me back there? Halfway? Somebody's like heading out into the woods there. Just go ahead and, no, they're not. That's all right. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Coburg Alliance Church in the parking lot. I see that we've got some wind in the mic. Oh, can you, you hear the <laughs> wind? Okay, I'll try not to do that. Um, This morning, kicking off a brand new series that will take us uh, through the summer, all summer long, called A Long Story Short. Have you ever known somebody who said that, but then did the opposite, right, who makes short story long? Why are you all looking at me right now? Yes, it's true. Actually, ironically, uh, all summer long, we are going to take the relatively short teachings of Jesus and make them long. Yeah, or expand them into, into extra sermon size. You're going to thank me for doing this in a second. This isn't easy, Calvin. I've got surgeon's hands, everybody. Surgeon's hands. almost got it. There we go. Church in the parking lot. Technical difficulties. Okay, that's what we're going to be doing all summer long. We're going to be making uh, long stories short. You know that the secret to making a long story short is all in the packaging. Do you guys know that? What do I mean by the packaging? Actually, here's an example. In John 10.10, Jesus is in the middle of making a long story short, and he drops this little chestnut. Maybe you've heard this. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. That's great packaging, right? Like that's the kind of thing that I want, right? I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Like that's the kind of life that I want. And so when Jesus says this, my eyes go up, my ears go up, man, I'd be happy for just a summer like that. I would be happy if I could enjoy summer and summer to the full, much less life and life to the full. So all summer long, what we're going to do is we're going to dive into the parables of Jesus. Abby described those. They are life-changing lessons packaged as short stories often made memorable in a single phrase. So this morning, we're going to look at a long story short that Jesus told, which I hope will cast a vision for how... You can make the absolute best, absolute most of the summer. And, and, and even for some of you, I hope that this story we're going to look at can help you start building a life like Jesus described. Does that make sense? What I want you to do is grab your Bible, please. Do we get that, Brady? Okay, I hope there's a team of worship people ready to grab the tents when they blow away. I'm looking at you, Noah. Okay, sweet. Matthew chapter 7, if you've got a phone, go ahead and get there. Matthew chapter 7, if you look in the events tab on the YouVersion Bible app, I've actually put all of my notes, scripture messages there. As you are finding those notes, let me give you some context. You need to understand that in this story, Jesus is standing outside in front of a giant crowd of people. Just like I am right now. Matthew chapter 7 is the dramatic conclusion... To the greatest sermon ever preached. Maybe that's nothing like today. The greatest preacher who ever lived. That's the context. Greatest sermon ever preached. Greatest preacher who ever lived. And to make a long story short, Jesus tells this story. Folks, Jesus was a master at this. Life-changing lessons packaged in short stories made memorable in a single phrase. He would say this to someone and end up changing the whole world. Okay, that's what we're talking about. Let me give you some examples where we do this story. Turn the other cheek. Have you heard that before? That's like world changing principles in a phrase. Turn the other cheek. Do unto others, right? Like, that's, that's pretty good stuff for a little phrase or a little turn of phrase. This is the kind of stuff that can bring down kingdoms, change worlds. How about this one? I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. Yeah, that's good. How about this one? A wise man builds his house. Anyone? On the rock. You guys know this one. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And The rains came down and the floods came up. I know it was going in your head, so I just went with it there. The rains came down, the streams rode, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. the rains came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell with a great crash. Um, when, uh, when the Buckle family lived in Erin, Ontario. Before we came here. We lived in a beautiful 1880's house. 100 and whatever. Something, something years old. Old house. In my son's room. Right beside his bed. It was there before he moved in. It was not his fault. There was a pretty significant crack in the plaster. Right? My son's room. I saw it and I thought. I don't know how to fix that. He's just paying over it. How many of you know a little paint can hide a lot of stuff for a little bit of time? Um, This famous story from Jesus, you probably know this, is a story with no surprises. Like it is obvious. It's predictable. I don't have a lot of those construction type, you know, experiences. Those of you who do are looking at me thinking, helpless Daryl. I don't have those kind of skills, but I could have guessed this. There's nothing hidden in this message, no plot twist, nothing confusing or profound that needs explanation, but I want you to see, it's just like this first story I told you this morning. In a phrase, Jesus is casting a vision for human flourishing. That's what this story's about. Human, nothing less than human flourishing. A wise man builds his house on the rock, and so you don't miss it, he tells us a story about the price of neglect. Did you notice that? Yeah, this story is about the price of neglect. And so this morning, we're kicking off the summer. I want to cast a vision, not just for how you can have the best summer, fun in the sun summer. I'm going to tell uh, tell you that you can absolutely make the most of this summer. You can build and enjoy the kind of life that Jesus was talking about, life and life to the full. This can be that kind of summer for you. And so for me, I hope like you, I've got a summer building project plan. Anyone have a summer building project plan? I'm actually going to work on building this summer something my future self will thank me for. How many of you know sometimes it's not until the cracks start to form that you recognize that there are some areas in your life where you should have worked on building something maybe last summer? When the cracks start to show. How many of you also realize that sometimes it's other people in your life who notice before you do that the cracks are starting to show? That's true. They notice maybe that your fuse is short. (laughs) Don't look at anybody right now. Just look up here. They notice your fuse is getting short. They notice that that maybe you're, you're just a little more negative maybe a little more cynical, your glass seems a little more than half empty when it used to be almost nearly half full. And the message I want you to hear this morning isn't that you should just try and do a better job painting over it. That's not what I'm saying today. That's not Don't, don't do as I do, do as I say. It's a parenting principle, right? You can't paint over this kind of stuff The message I want you to get today is that if you want to build the house and the life of your dreams, you better start with the foundation, right? That's easy. That's what this message is about that Jesus is talking about. If you want life to the full, there are some things that you can't afford to neglect. Can you think of some things in your life you can't afford to neglect? Shout them out. Your health. You know what? I was thinking about this. There's like a a proverb from mom for each one of these things that you can't afford to neglect. What's the proverb that I thought of for this one? What is it, a moment on the lips, a lifetime on the hips? Like, I, I don't even know if that's scientifically accurate, okay? But I do know that your health is one thing that you can't afford to neglect. Give me another one. Shout it out. Chores? Talk to me after the service. I got some pointers for you to neglect some chores. Sure, chores. Absolutely your relationship from Jesus finances is a great one what else you got a stitch in time see this is a meta this is from mom right like i said there's like proverbs from mom was that you dale okay i want you guys to meet dale give her a wave dale everybody you go talk to dale after the service this woman has a lifetime of wisdom she will share for you i'm a little surprised gents none of you shouted out marriage I'm surprised there's no, there's no take backs. You guys to miss this one. How about this? If the grass is starting to look greener on the other side of the fence, it's time to start watering your own lawn. Right? There's a proverb for each of that. How about this? Uh, I actually read that Harvard did a study on human development and longevity. Do you know what that means? How to live a long and healthy life. That's the stu- they actually did a study on how to live a long and healthy life. And they were looking for early life experiences, things that you experience in your early life and how they affect health and aging over time. The present director's study, Dr. Robert Waldinger asks, if you were going to invest now in your future best self, where would you put your time and energy? Do you know the study? The single most surprising predictor of health and longevity wasn't your cholesterol. And it wasn't your weight. I quote from this study. Good relationships keep us happier and healthier. Folks, relationships are something you can't afford to neglect. I don't think it's coincidence that Jesus said, I came that you may have life and life to the full. And on another day, somebody came up to him and asked him, Jesus, what's the most important thing for the life of faith? What are the most important commandments, obediences, things that I can build into my life to have a life of faith? And what was his answer? He gave a blueprint for your relationships. Did you catch that? Yeah, your relationship with God and your relationship with others. Jesus says there are some things you can't afford to neglect if you want to live life And live it to the full. You can't afford to neglect this. And remember. Everyone within the sound of Jesus' voice. Had just heard the greatest sermon. That they were ever going to hear. But he knew that hearing amazing sermons. Has nothing to do with spiritual growth. Do you need me to say that again? I'll let you chew on that one for a while. They had just heard the greatest sermon ever preached. And Jesus divides This story divides the group into two uh, smaller groups, and we're going to do the same things. How many of you already know that a wise man builds his house on the rock? Hands up. Keep them up. You already knew that. That's me. I already know that. How many of you already actually believe? You know it, and you know you kind of believe it. A wise man builds his house on the rock. Hands up. How many of you, even though you already know this to be true, you've known this for a long time, still struggle to invest the kind of time that's necessary to build strong and healthy relationships? Anyone want to put up their hand for that one? I struggle with that sometimes too. How long has it been since you've gone on a date with your spouse? Right? How long has it been since you picked up the phone and talked to some of those great old friends? You know that they're lifelong friends, but it's been ages since you've talked to them. You know, Susan Scott says that relationships are built little by little, one conversation at a time. Who here has a conversation that they are avoiding with someone? That they, in their mind, or, or even if you ask them, would say, I want to have a strong relationship with this person. But you're still avoiding having that conversation. Don't put up your hand. Yeah, it's not as easy, isn't it? Here's, a, here's, a, here's the truth. Today we're not talking about relationships. We're not talking about health. We're not talking about longevity. We're talking about the price of neglect. The price of neglect. As you're pursuing the life of your dreams this summer, Jesus wants you to know that it's not in the paint or the polish. It's not the plans or the purposes. The difference between the wise and the foolish builders. People who both went to work building the house of their dreams. Both of them, right? From the curb it appeared that both of them had done a pretty good job, right? Their houses looked great. Curb appeal, great marketability for these houses, but only one had built the kind of life that could stand when the storms of this life blow on it again, right? There's only one group that had done that. The invisible advantage that the wise man had was the work he had put into making sure that Everything he built, he was building on a foundation that wouldn't move. You're with me? How many of you know that's true? That what you build will be tested, right? Sure, yeah. What you build will be tested. Actually, nobody was surprised when Jesus said the rains came down, the streams rose. They're like, oh yeah, they do. That's that's how they do. Wind blew, beat against the house. You shouldn't be surprised either. And when I say that, listen. I'm like, Daryl, you're really sunshine and roses today. I'm not foreshadowing anything this summer. I'm praying that you have the best summer ever. Nothing but great weather, no storms, no tents blowing over, none of that kind of stuff. I'm just saying, everyone has to go through dark and stormy nights, right? Everybody does sometimes. Some of you might, even this summer. But even if you don't, everybody does sometimes. And so in Matthew 7, Jesus isn't just casting a vision for a flourishing life. He's casting a vision for a resilient life, right? A resilient life. That's something that's, that's worth uh, not neglecting. He's saying, be careful how you build now, because what you build will be tested. Jeremiah 17 says, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They'll be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. It's hot out there today. It does not fear. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought. And never fails to bear fruit. That actually sounds amazing, doesn't it? I don't know. I feel a little convicted when I read that because I'm like, yeah, I, I, I have weird worries in times of drought. I know some of you went through times of drought. Business owners trying to make it through the pandemic. I know you went through that and I know you're battling against worry. Uh, we do. But it's amazing, these promises, these little texts that say, you know, there is a way that you can build a foundation to future-proof, to shock-proof your life. How do I get that? Jesus, how do I get that? Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, that's how. Anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, if you're taking notes, I want you to hear this, the invisible advantage to grow through any season to flourish in life are the rhythms and the rituals that you build into your life that get you in a place where you can hear God speak and practice doing what he says does that make sense Do let me say it again the invisible advantage to grow through any season in life to flourish in life are the rhythms and the rituals that you build into your life that get you in a place where you can hear God speak and practice doing what he says. Jesus says, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. So every summer, just like I plan barbecues and campfires and all sorts of swimming and coffees on the dock and all of the things that make summers great, I also take time to think about the rhythms and the rituals that, that build my life. I think you should take time to think about those things too. What are you doing to put yourself in a place every day where you can hear God speak? Do you have rhythms and rituals like that? What are the areas of your life where if you're completely honest, you know, you're saying, you know, Daryl, I actually do need to practice doing what God says in that area. Do you recognize there are areas of your life you need to maybe practice doing what God says in that area? Folks, in the life of, of faith, You need to build a rhythm, a daily rhythm of spiritual practices that get you close enough and quiet enough to know God better, to hear God better. And if you don't have a daily spiritual practice, daily spiritual exercises, you won't have the strength. You won't have the endurance that you're going to need in this life. Remember, this is the invisible Advantage to living life to the full. And so if you don't have that, I'm telling you this summer you should start. Yeah, you should start. I know I'm talking to someone here. This summer you should build a daily spiritual rhythm. All right, if you're already doing a daily, don't tune me out. I want to see a fire inside of you actually. This is your invisible advantage. Folks, you never know when a storm is going to come into your life. Even more than that, you never know when a storm is going to go in someone else's life and God is going to call you to be a first responder in this. You've got to have a daily spiritual practice. If you're not practicing every day, putting yourself in a place where you can know God better, hear God better, and always prepared to do what he says, you might miss the call. Just a few weeks after my dad died, I, I crashed at home for the evening and and my mom called. And how many of you know, like it's just a few weeks after something like that. Well, listen, anytime your mom calls, you should answer the phone. Do I have to tell you that? Anytime your mama calls, you answer the phone. See, look at you looking at your teenagers right now. Hello. I just wanted to spend as long as my mom needed on the phone. She wanted to talk every day for hours. In that season, I would talk every day for hours, and I probably needed it too, honestly. We were leaning on each other in that season, and, and I'll confess, I was emotionally pretty drained. I was. The grief, the loss of something like that. My dad was a legend. We had a great relationship. Um, we knew it was coming, but it was hard, so I was, I was drained. I was tired. It was a long week, so I was happy to crash, lie in the bed, and talk to my dear man, and as we talked, another phone call came up on my phone, Now, I know you're putting the pieces together. I was already talking to my mom. And nobody is as important as my mom in that moment. But I looked at the call display and I knew. And so I said, Mom, I got to take this call. It was my next door neighbor who had just found her daughter without a pulse in her bedroom. And I told her I was coming. And I hung up the phone and I told God that I didn't think I had the strength for a storm like this. Like just not then, right? Like it was just, if there was such thing as a bad season to have to, to have to answer a call like that, for me, selfishly, it was a bad season. I didn't know if I had the strength to walk with a family through something like that when we were still recovering from a storm of our own. But I, I'll tell you what I learned in that season. There is an invisible advantage that you can build in your life that will help you trust in the Lord, that'll help you find your strength, find confidence in him when you're not sure if you've got it yourself. Folks, it'll teach you how to recognize his voice when you need it. It'll give you the strength to obey. It'll give you the endurance to stay. Come on. It comes from every day putting yourself in a place where you can learn to know God better and hear God more clearly a wise man, a wise woman will spend their summer building that kind of invisible advantage. Kids, listen to me. Your parents might still make you dinner, they might even still do your laundry, but they can't run your race for you. You got to do that yourself. You really do. They can teach you how to prepare, they can cheer you on, but everybody has to run the race. For themselves. So, kids, I'm talking to you. You need to build your own habits where every day you're spending your own time with God, reading His Word, listening for what God has to say to you, and He might say through the Word to you, and through the Holy Spirit, learning to recognize when God's nudging you in a direction. You need to practice doing what the Scriptures say. Kids, you got to have your own disciplines, your own habits of reading the Bible every day, and practicing obedience. Now, I, I don't want all of you to misunderstand what I said earlier. It's, it's not that I'm going to spend some extra time this summer, right, building my invisible it's, uh, advantage. That doesn't really help. You can't just save it for your couple weeks of holidays or save it for certain seasons. I'm going to spend some time this summer looking how I've been building all year long, right, thinking about how I need to be building the whole year to come to make sure I am building an invisible advantage. I know I don't need to tell you this. You know, there are days you need that invisible advantage. Like, you would, days where you wouldn't make it through if you hadn't built that invisible advantage. How do we do that? How do we build the life on the rock? Jesus said, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. Let me give you some suggestions for the best ways I know how to put yourself in a place where you can know God better, hear God more clearly. Some of these are things that you should do daily. Some of these things are just things that you build into a regular rhythm. Not necessarily daily, but definitely regularly. And do you remember, I said there were absolutely no surprises in the story when Jesus told it. There doesn't have to be surprises For Jesus' words to change our lives, right? Daily Bible reading. I know I'm talking to someone. You gotta do the daily. The Bible isn't a book of stories worth learning. It's not a childhood thing that you learned. Oh, I know that one. I don't have to reread it. It's a means through which God reveals himself. Every time you open the scriptures, God might meet you there. Right? Right? There's a practice from the 6th century called Lectio Divina. Have you ever heard of that? I mean, that's a fancy Latin term, right? So that's for free. So I'm I'm giving out the goods today. It doesn't have to. It's fancy. It doesn't matter. It's not a fancy thing in practice. It might be a a way to spark a new light in your Bible reading. Lectio Divina is a way of reading the scripture more intentionally and more carefully, carefully. And it's not difficult. It's just different. First, you read the story. That makes sense. That's what you do now. You read it, tick your box, close the Bible, go off to work. No, no. You, you first you read the story. Then you meditate on the text. In Latin, what does that mean? It means you're kneading it over. You just need it over. I don't want you analyzing the text. You don't have to look up commentaries. You don't have to look up the Greek. In fact, don't. Just knead it over. Reread it over and over again. Think about the parts of it. Knead it over in your mind. And ask God to reveal you, to you stuff about this text pray through that text uh pray the verses pray the parts of it when it says give thanks say god i give thanks i'm going to do what this thing says right now invite god to lead you through the text and the final step is to contemplate it now the latin it's different than what you might think it's just to enjoy the communion that you have built when you enter through this practice so instead of the 30 seconds it might take you to 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 read that text spend 10 minutes on it needing it praying on it sitting in the presence of god as he and and celebrating in in that time with the lord the thing he revealed to you about the text that day that's lectio divina if you already have a habit of reading the bible maybe this summer experiment with how you read the scripture Start a different kind of scripture reading habit. Listen, a steak is just better if it's had some time to marinate. Can I get, a, get an amen there? Okay, maybe not that one. You know what? Somebody told me that when you aerate a bottle of wine, you can turn a $7 bottle of wine into a 17 bottle of wine. Oh, you cheap wine drinkers, give me an amen. I don't know if that's true or not, but man, that's pretty exciting. Folks, read the Bible Every day, this summer, make sure you're giving the scriptures time to sift you, okay? Yeah, again, it doesn't have to be new for it to be real and for it to make sense. Second thing, you know what's coming. Daily prayer. Philippians 4 6 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Man, that almost sounds like a Lectio Divina. That's not a Lectio, it's a, Prairie Divina. We just made that up right here at Coburg Alliance Church. Get our lawyers on. We're going to copyright that. It's almost that, isn't it? Listen, why does it tell us that? Because it says the peace of God will trans- which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind. Listen, I've been in situations where I've been anxious. I've been in situations, actually, where anxious doesn't come close to covering it. There have been seasons in my life when my family could tell you that they could see the cracks starting to form. (laughs) They're like, buckle's about to blow. You need to watch out for that. Some of the staff and interns are thinking about yesterday as we were setting up. Listen to me. I'm going to confess something to you. I'm not a prayer warrior, but I am a prayer practicer. Absolutely. When I started to run, I used the Couch to 5K app. Has anyone done that, the Couch to 5K app? You start by running 30 seconds or something like, maybe 60 seconds, and then you walk for 90 seconds. And you feel like, yeah, I bossed that workout. Like, I'm the boss. By the end of it, you're you're running for 30 minutes. Okay, so it's amazing how a little practice over a few weeks can transform your ability to do something you didn't feel good at Before, Philippians 4 is a great way to build a lifetime practice of prayer. I'm talking to the old saints as much as I'm talking to the new people. You know this is true. Is there a better text that gives you a pattern for how you should pray every day? In everything, by prayer and petition, present your request to God with thanksgiving. How good is that, right? What is the promise of that? It promises to be an invisible Advantage, when you practice prayer like that, the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. I've been through some things in my life. as I know many of you have too. I can tell you the peace of God will guard you when you've built the invisible advantage. And so this summer, plan to practice your prayer life. You have to think about what that means for you. Practice your prayer life. Just like Jesus, I'm not telling you anything you haven't already heard. I'm just saying the invisible advantage of those who stand are the rhythms and the rituals that they build on the foundation, excuse me, as a foundation of everything else that they do. I'm going to give you two more very quick and we're going to get the worship team back up here. If we're talking about disciplines that put you in a place where you can know God better and hear God more clearly, I want to challenge you this this summer, uh, to experiment with the disciplines of silence and solitude. And all the introverts whispered, amen, yes, amen. Yeah, listen, in the best sermon that Jesus ever preached, he had already said, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life about what you'll eat or drink or about your body what you'll wear is life not more ab- about much more than food and your body about more than clothes look at the birds of the air they do not sow or reap or stow away in barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them then jesus asks a rhetorical question are you not much more valuable than they i know some of you ask that question in your own mind and you doubt that sometimes folks Until you get outside and sit in silence. Until you watch them flying around from tree to tree or spot to spot. Until you watch them dancing around or singing out loud. You might never hear or really understand God as he says. The same and so much more is true of you. Can I encourage you to make lots of time this summer in silence And in solitude so that you can hear God say, listen to this, your heavenly father feeds you too. Listen, this doesn't happen every week when I preach, I promise you. I had such a strong sense when I read this that this is for someone here today. Someone had been waiting to hear God say to you, your heavenly father feeds you too. You don't need to worry. You can just trust You can rest in confidence. You don't have to strive. Your heavenly father feeds you too. One more, one more. The four loves from C.S. Lewis said, to the ancients, friendship seemed the happiest and most fully human of all loves. The crown of life and the school of virtue. If I were to ask you guys a poll of every single one of you to tell me a time in your life where you really grew, those of you who are Christians, those of you who aren't, if you, were, if you were to ask to tell me a time when you really grew, I bet many, maybe even most of you would tell me about a person who invested in your life. You tell me about a person who, who had your back, who stuck with you, who stayed with you, who spoke in your life, a teacher, someone who faithfully prayed for you, somebody who responded when you called in crisis or panic. Folks, the voice of God often, often comes through a conversation with a spiritual friend. You know that, Right? I know a lot of the groups that we have at CAC pause in the summer, but I'm telling you this summer, make time. Take time, intentional time to spend with a trusted friend and to talk about the things that matter. Can you do that? You gotta do that. Um, Do you have people in your life that you can talk to about anything? Christian community, guys, a band of brothers, ladies, I was trying to think of what your version might be. My wife told me a hen party is not the appropriate thing to say. Your tribe of ladies, something, like I don't know what it is, but you know it. Have you got those people in your life? I want to point you to Romans chapter 16. Paul's getting vulnerable in Romans chapter 16 about the people who have, who have been for him an invisible advantage. Paul's telling the story of his invisible advantage. In verse 3, he says, Say hi to Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ, They risked their lives for me. I want you to look at your friend in the audience right now. Would they take a bullet for you? Would they risk their life for you? You just want to borrow their truck. Like that's it. Have you got friends like that? Who would risk their life for you? Paul did. Then in verse 7 he says. Greet Andronicus and Junia. My fellow Jews. Who have been in prison with me. Have Have you got people who would go to jail with you who'd be like if you're getting in trouble i'm right in there with you some of you parents are like quiet daryl don't say this my kids are listening you shouldn't be hanging out with people like that i'm just saying everyone needs someone in their lives who would go to prison with them i don't know paul had these kinds of people i love it he talks in verse 16 about friends collaborators comrades this fall church you gotta get in a group You gotta get in a group. It's too important, man. It was the difference between Paul's whole ministry carrying on through trial and hardship and it falling apart. This summer, make sure there's lots of room for bonfires, right? Great friends to talk about the important things of life because Jesus says anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is a wise man and a wise woman. And folks, they know, listen to me, the invisible advantage to grow in any season to flourish for a lifetime are the rhythms and rituals that you build into your life this summer you got to start right now this summer so that you can get into a place every chance you get where you can hear god speak and practice doing what he says worship team jump up here let me just say a word of prayer God, I want you to sift us with your word. I want you to to challenge us to, to dive deep this summer, to put ourselves every day into a place where we can come to know you more, Jesus. Where we can hear you speak. And God, where we are ready to practice every obedience that you put in front of us. Practice the small obediences so that when you ask us to do something hard, we've already tried and tested and we know you're faithful. And we know you give strength. So God help us this summer to do that. And God I pray that this is the best summer yet at Coburg Alliance Church. Amen.